Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fairway Evangelion, the Neon Genesis Evangelion podcast where we go through the series bit by bit. My name is Keith, going through for his last time, and as always I'm joined by Peter. Hey! Who is going through for his first. So today we did the second volume of the Neon Genesis Evangelion, The Legend of the Pico Pico Middle School Students, and Peter, how do you think you did with your prediction of this volume? Uh, pretty spot on. Uh, I predicted lots of fan disservice and a lack of internal consistent rules, and I'm pretty sure we got both of those. So, yeah. Great uh, job, do, Peter. I do have to ask, though, uh, how do you feel about the fact that it seems your ability to predict has been uh, better on the insane ones than the uh, bad, uh, the actual canon ones? Sad. That's how I feel. <laughs> I feel sad. But uh, for this uh, one, uh, volume two, uh, I, I want to start off by talking about the cover, which is just different pictures of Kaoru saying, this time around, I'll make you smile. And I don't yep. know if he's addressing us or Shinji, and if he's addressing Shinji internally, or is the all-knowing being that is Kaoru. Uh, well, here's the thing. Regardless of who he's addressing, he's wrong. I did not smile, and I don't think Shinji ever smiled because of anything Kaoru did. So, Kaoru lied to us. Anyways, this one starts off with a nice solid recap of what happened last time. Um, uh, mainly angels showed up, and they were unable to beat angels. Yeah, it's uh, pretty much them figuring out, oh, we realize we have to do something about, effectively, opening our hearts. Which, you know, the AT field, we all know that is. And yeah. Misato's solution to this is they need to play uh, dating sims, which seems to be some weird prison-based one. Yeah, it's everyone's in jail, and we find out the different preferences of the characters, which is Shinji seems to like the pure and innocent one. Also, Misato continues being the fucking worst version of Misato, because the entire time they're playing this game, she keeps trying to explain why all their uh, relationship expectations are impossible, and they'll only end up sad, alone, and jaded. Uh, and While also forcing them to play a dating sim game, she's just trying her best to ruin the dating sim game for them. Yeah, like, um, she's wet. it's like, if you ever find a girl like that, she's a great actor. She's lying to you, no one is actually that way. Uh, we find out that Asuka's into the nihilistic know-it-alls, and, uh... Yeah, that checks out. Uh, yeah, and Misato points out that, like, if you actually start dating them, uh, you realize they're super fucking shallow and no fun, and you'll get tired of them super fast. And then we find out that Ray uh, unlocked a secret character, which seems to be a catcher from baseball... Uh, who had a, a decent stats. Um, I mean, I'll give them this. And then they make a That's So Raven joke. <laughs> I'll give them this. Ray seems consistent in this version, at least. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Her whole thing is just, I will play the game to perfection. Also, speaking of consistent, this volume starts a trend of making me consistently sad every time Kaoru shows up on screen. <laughs> because they... Try to figure out what's going on with Kaoru, uh, and they find out he just left the room and isn't playing the game. And so Shinji follows him uh, downstairs and finds him talking to a bunch of girls who are asking him to suck stuff up. Um, and then he takes out a straw and explains that it was made from his urethra, uh, and then starts sucking stuff up. And it's just... It's like they took... That's his shtick this entire volume, is he sucks stuff with a straw? Which, the upsetting thing about this, too, is it's like they heard us say, like, one of the okay jokes the last one was the just squeeze and I'll suck one. And yeah. they're like, we need to make this his whole personality. Yeah, it's fucking awful. Sorry, uh, that was our one F-U-C-K for this episode, because if I've learned one thing, you only get one F-U-C-K per, uh volume. I guess it's the other consistency, because they say fuck a lot in this, but they do uh, strike it. They they get one fuck out. Um, yeah. Uh, which is... Also... So this one uh, continues doing the thing... I think I mentioned this during last uh, volume. I might not have. But this one keeps doing the thing where it has bad writing and then points out it's bad writing. Or, uh, spends three pages not telling a joke and then points out that there was no joke as if, like, that makes it funny to do something poor but then point out that you were doing it poor on purpose. Um, and so, the one fuck we get in this one, uh, 
is Misato says she has a very serious uh, announcement to make, and then shows off that she cut her nail way too short, yeah. um, and starts laughing, and Asuka's immediately like, fuck off, Misato. Uh, and then she's like, wait, no, I actually do have a serious announcement. And then just shows her hand again and says, I cut my fingernail way too uh, short, suckers. And then all the other characters point out what was the joke, there was no joke, what's even going on here. And she explains that they're going to the uh, Tokyo 3's version of E3, and they're going to play a demo on the main stage. And then there's a whole fucking conversation. Uh, this is another one that, like, there's a whole conversation about how uh, uh, Americans will say shit like, I should just learn Japanese so I can read manga. Um, and uh, she's saying this is the perfect excuse of learning how to... Uh, demo a game before a live audience is the same situation, and then she just keeps going on about how different words in Japanese could mean um while an entire scene passes around her. It's... I don't know, man. I'm just exhausted. Yeah, I've done nothing today, and I'm already exhausted, because the one thing I did do was read this stupid fucking volume. Yeah, I, I think it, uh, uh, exhausting's a good way to describe this series. I, I, I think, if I remember, I only actually got like, this volume only got a chuckle to me probably with two jokes, which I'll point out when we get there. Sure. But the rest of this chapter is just everyone showing up weird. Like, I mean, Ray's dressed up, and the punchline for how she's dressed all fancy is, like, this is what Gendo likes. Yeah. Uh, Shinji, for some reason, is wearing a fucking Hawaiian shirt with a shark on his head. Yeah. So that's the thing, is they were told that they have to dress real fancy. Um... Uh, yeah, sorry, they had to dress real fancy to do the demo on the stage, and so we get to see what each of them thinks dressing real fancy is, which is Asuka wearing a, a skirt, sweater, and shirt, I guess, Rei wearing uh, essentially a maid costume, from what I can tell, and being told Geno did it. This is another example of them uh, doing something stupid and then acknowledging that they're doing something stupid, which is, during that scene, they make an obscure reference to say, hey, didn't this... Dojinchi, or however the fuck you pronounce that word, uh, do this uh, way back then. We're doing it too, but at least we're getting paid to do it. And it's like, you're just acknowledging that you're stealing someone else's joke, yeah. because obviously you're aware of it at the time, so you can't claim that you just independently came up with it, and you're getting paid to steal their joke. Like, that's not clever or funny in my mind. Uh, but then, yeah, we get... Uh, Shinji wearing a Hawaiian shirt with a shark on his head, and uh, Kaoru showing up dressed up like a rock star. This, I guess. this is probably the most believable costume for a character, though. Yes. Uh, he also has a dog with him now. Uh, the dog is not acknowledged at this point. The dog starts being acknowledged later. Yeah. Um. And also, uh, we'll probably be talking about it more when it becomes more apparent. But this is the beginning of Gendo not being just, like, a murderer, but, like, extremely creepy. Yes. Um, he got... They took the Gendo from the previous volume, which was already taking all of Gendo's worst traits and turning them up to 11. And then they took that Gendo and said, what if that Gendo was a 6? And we turned him back up to an 11. And it's just awful. Yeah. Anyways, Kaoru shows up, and immediately Misato's like, Alright, we're not gonna wear these uniforms. Everyone just... Or these weird costumes. So I'll go back yeah, to wearing these uniforms. made it weird. But also, like, that just means they had this one volume there just to show how different characters would dress. Or not this one volume, this one chapter of the volume. To show how different characters would dress. And that's the entire joke, and... Shinji, we see a panel of how he would dress, and it's weird. Kaoru dresses, honestly, pretty in character for Kaoru. And, uh, Rei is a joke they stole from someone else, and then that's the end of the jokes. Yeah, and then uh, the punchline at the end is that dating sim game from earlier, it looks like a new version was the game they were playing. Shinji had to play it, and three million people saw him romance uh, a young princess type, and he's embarrassed. Yeah, uh, pretty generic girl. Oh, also, uh, when they get to the uh, stadium, everyone has changed into the school uniforms except for Kaoru, uh, who uh, refuses, even though he's the reason they have to change back. And so Misato tells Shinji to use violence and strip him. And, uh, next panel, he's wearing his school uniform, but explains that he's going to continue wearing the fanny pack, because he refuses to take that off. 
Anyways, yeah, uh, Shinji dates a generic innocent girl who's in prison uh, for all the world to see. Uh, and that aforementioned dog shows up in the next chapter as it's following Kaoru around, and everyone's trying to get rid of the dog, and then Kaoru's trying to explain he, the, he doesn't choose the dog. The dog does what it pleases. Yes. Also, this is the start of... So last volume had the running joke of they kept changing the name of Nerf, or changing... It was always called NARF, but they changed what the acronym stood for, and none of them worked the way acronyms work. Yeah. Um, this one, we get the running joke of they keep changing what the club room is called, and now it's called the Department of Cultural Appropriation and Cute Dogs. Which, if that's what the club room is called, no one can complain about the dog being there. That's true. <laughs> the fact they complain complaining about the dog, when it's clearly the implication is cute dogs are allowed in this room. Yes. But yeah, everyone try keeps trying to tell him the dog's not allowed here, and he keeps trying to explain, no, dogs are allowed. Dogs should be allowed. He didn't bring the dog, the dog brought him. Uh, and then they end up going into, like, well, first off, uh, they force Shinji to be the one who tried to tell him to go away, because, you know, everyone else, including yeah. the teacher telling Kaoru to tell the dog to go away up to this point worked, and then Kaoru misinterprets it and decides to name the dog Shinji. Yep. Uh, and then Ritsuko shows up so they can go test the new uh, entry plugs. And this they're no longer rice balls. They're sushi. They're, yeah, they're onigiri, I think is what it's called. Except with different toppings, like tuna and other fish. Yeah, Asuka says tuna raises squid and gleaming eggplant for Kaoru and Jin. Yes. Oh no, it's not onigiri. It's the other one. What's... What's that sushi type called? I played um, Sushi Go recently, uh, which is a, a card game with sushi pieces, and so I really want to know this because I definitely know it. Um, so nigiri, nigiri. Uh, there is just sushi, and that might be the case here because I, I think sushi is just the one with the fish on the better rice, isn't it? I thought there was a special name for that. And nigiri. I was calling it onigiri, which is the rice ball, but just nigiri is the rice with the fish on top. Oh, okay. Okay, so they're in nigiri now. Also, they've changed up the entry plug, uh, like, getting into it system, so it's no longer um, using a crane to put it into the back. Now, there's a conveyor belt, much like at a sushi restaurant, uh, that just pushes the uh, nigiri into the back of the Ava. I, I mean... The conveyor belt also has a thing above it that has a picture of the nigiri and the Japanese characters for sushi on it, too. Yeah. It's also explained that um, their scientists went to different restaurants to figure out the best way to deploy the uh, nigiri into the Ava. And I believe it's also said that they spent over $100 million, uh, trying to figure this out. Now, even if that's yen, that's still the kind of joke that makes me feel sad. Um, I don't know. These jokes, I, I can recognize in this volume compared to last volume that there at least are jokes, and it's not yeah. just fucking shaggy dog sores everywhere. But none of the jokes are fucking landing for me, and I think it might just be because the first volume stole all my goodwill, <laughs> and so I'm not willing to give any joke in this volume the benefit of the doubt. Well, the problem with this one, too, is... They start off with the dog thing, then it goes into this sushi thing for the Avas, and then the punchline at the end is the dog. Yeah. And it's not related to the sushi at all either. He just puts the dog in glasses and shoes. Uh, yes, because the realization they come to is that the difference between humanity and animals is humans wear shoes, and also humans are the only ones that wear glasses. So that's what makes uh, Avas special. Also, uh, there's another joke in this one, which is that uh, Ritsuko never wanted to be a scientist, and also, at one point, she says she's not an actual scientist, she's like a forestry major, um, but her parents forced her to be a scientist. Um, yeah, she's got a degree in forestry management. Yeah, forestry management, and she has to pretend that she knows anything about robots, genetic engineering, or supercomputers. And this brings me back to the point of uh, that I made last volume, which is that the writers seem to either 
fundamentally not understand the characters in the story they're writing, uh, or they just fundamentally don't care. It's not that they're taking the character and choosing one of their character traits and turning it up to 11. It's just they made all of the characters extremely fucking dumb. Yeah. And, like, Ritsuko's whole point is that she's very smart and makes poor decisions, but generally is very smart. So the fact that they decided to make her uh, a dumb kid who never wanted to be smart, and there's even a line about how she acted out because she was born with dark hair, but uh, decided to act out by dyeing her hair yeah, blonde. Yeah, she, she wants to be rebellious, essentially. Yeah, and it's just like... Fuck, man, I don't... I don't know. I'm sad. And uh, this next chapter is only two pages. Great. Good. More of those, please. Yeah, this was the one where it's them talking about being rock stars. Yeah, they want to make a band uh, to get with all the chicks because band people uh, can seduce women more easily. And uh, Toji will be the lead singer, not because he can sing, but because he's the most attractive one of them. And uh, lead singers are always the most attractive. And then uh, Kensuke will be the lead guitarist, because the second most attractive one is always the lead guitarist. Once again, nothing to do with his ability to play guitar. Yeah. I mean, that's then, just how bands are formed, though. Yeah. And then uh, Shinji is very average-looking and can't stand out at all, so he'll have to play bass or... Um, drums. Drums. And this is the other thing that I don't like about this volume is it's constantly breaking the fourth wall and, like, uh, we're apologizing to the audience in real time. Yeah. Where Shinji's like, sure, I'll do it, but also I want to take a moment to apologize to all drummers and guitar uh, bass players who might have been offended by that. Uh, I will say this uh, two-page chapter did have one of my chuckles from it, and that's at the end when Toji's like, Casper wants to wait till marriage and also till she's prime minister. Yeah. For that one, I was just like, that, that, that's, that sounds like odd brand for Akari. Also, he's drinking from a water bottle labeled Virgin. Yeah. So there's that, too. And from the sounds of it, he'll be drinking from it for a while, bitch. <laughs> Alright, we got our joke out of the way. We're now one for one with jokes with this uh, series. Yep, we're winning. Um, yep. Uh... I don't even know what happened in the next volume. I've read it, and I couldn't tell you a single thing that fucking happened in it. Uh, the next one is that an exam is coming up. and they Oh, right, and Shinji and Asuka are studying. Yeah. And no one else wants them to study or wants to study themselves. Yeah, like, they're... Misato is actively trying to stop them from studying. Yeah, Because play. what good will science, math, or history ever do for you? I mean, there's a, a hard-hitting joke in this one where it's like, uh, oh, silly kids, you don't need education just to follow orders. And look at that man. He studied hard, but in the end, he was crushed by his student loans. Yeah. And then uh, the example she used of how they should be is Ray, who's just in the corner, staring blankly, doing nothing. No games, no studying, just waiting to leave. Yep. And then Kara goes on some weird Buddhist rant about how there's no need to strive to learn anything because uh, humankind ate from the fruit of knowledge, and thus all answers are already presented to us. And the only questions he likes are questions without answers. Yeah. And then we get to the exam day where we see, you know, different marks. Of course, Toji failed. Ray got a passing grade, not the best. And Asuka got the best grade because she's no achiever. And then Karu. Uh, they end up showing God 100%, and this is uh, one of the other jokes that I actually got a chuckle out of. Which was Oh, uh, where he explains that he hacked into the principal's computer by showing him pictures of Ray, and then when he went to look at the pictures of Ray, uh, Kara clocked him over the back of the head, knocked him unconscious, and stole the test answers. Yeah, well, it's the specific thing of true wisdom. Uh, he's talking about like the fruit of knowledge, like true wisdom is tasted not from such fruits, uh, which wither, but from the principal's root directory accessible through this thumb drive. To be fair, this is the start of the, Creepy the jokes about Gendo is going too far. Yeah. Um, because he was so obsessed with looking at, not even lewd, but just special pics of Rey, that uh, he didn't pay attention to the fact that Carol was beating him over the back of the head with a baseball bat. Yeah. 
Uh, and it, uh, it continues further after this, but not right away. Well, the next chapter has the one where I'm like, okay, <laughs> calm down, guys. Oh, is it the camping one is the next yeah. chapter? Okay, yeah, that one's too fucking far. This one is uh, the longest chapter, I think, in the volume. It's also the most painful. Because um, there's a lot of those... they got Kaji in this one. Uh, they got Kaji in this one, but this is objectively the worst version of Kaji. Oh, 100%. We... Last time we had... Re okay, so last time I made a declaration that that was the worst version of Gendo. Uh, surprise, it wasn't. It turns out in Volume 2, he gets worse. Uh, this is also the worst version of Kaji. Yeah, well, even so far, they even call out in this volume that Kaji is just male Misato, which is the case in this book. Yeah. Uh, they also hijack the uh, Ava car, uh, which is yeah. the shoe. And then everyone else, uh, so Kaji and Misato sit in the shoe. Meanwhile, everyone else has to sit in a wooden crate that's being dragged behind it. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, uh, Shinji's eating soggy crackers, which is a joke I don't want to acknowledge. Yeah, um, well, it looks like they were packaged that way, because it says wet on the bag. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Karu is eating 36 ring pops, which he sucked each one of them and then offered them to Shinji. Uh, and Shinji says no, not because he doesn't want to suck on a ring pop that's been in Karu's mouth. Let's be clear. Shinji's not homophobic. Yeah. It's because after Kaoru sucked on them, he, like, dragged them on the floor and got a bunch of fucking sawdust on them. And so Shinji is not interested in that aspect of it. Yeah. Man was formed from dust of the ground. Uh, they get up to the woods, uh, then a uh, joke that they're lost, so that's why they're gonna camp. So yeah, uh, they also guys. break super hard, and Kaoru go- Oh, not Kaoru. Uh... Ray. Ray goes flying out of the cart and injures herself, so uh, that's why they have to catch crabs, because they're going to give them to Gendo to appease him because Ray is injured, and they need to make him uh, happy again. Yeah. But they also have to fight the crabs. Yes, yeah, so they're going to catch crabs and make them fight to figure out who found the strongest crab. Uh, Asuka and Shinji take the assignment correctly, and Asuka they wins. Catch crabs, yep. Uh, Karu finds a rock that kind of has a face on it and says, it looks just like you, Shinji. And Shinji says, uh, if you think that looks at, like me, my feelings are deeply hurt. And then Ray, instead of finding a crab, uh, finds a, a snapping turtle and refers to it as a crab turtle. Yep. Also, uh, for a moment, uh, Karu wins in his fight against Asuka. Because he just declares that uh, crabs fight using pincers, which are nature's scissors. And since he has a rock that beats scissors, uh, and Misato's like, yeah, you know what? That's a great point. Kaoru wins. But also on a technicality, he loses. Which would have been a good joke, I feel, if it wasn't for the fact that everyone else in the series is ridiculous. Because if everyone was played even the slightest bit straight, and you had Kaoru being the oddball because, you know, he doesn't understand humanity, the joke would have been fine. Yeah. It's just the fact that like, honestly, I probably would have been fine with it if we started with the first three and Ray also brought out a crab, but she had found, like, the most perfect crab, and, I don't know, it won because of that, and then in the fight against Kaoru, Kaoru brings out a rock and explains that uh, his rock uh, wins, and then that's how he ends up winning. I would have been fine with it. The fact that, like, the rock and the explanation of how the rock wins... It's just a tee-up for revealing that uh, Ray found a fucking snapping turtle. Like, yeah, that doesn't even fit within Ray's internal consistency. Ray strives for perfection in everything in this story. That's why she perfect perfectly plays the game and unlocks secret hidden characters. In the game of Go Find the Strongest Crab, she returns without a crab. That's not the Ray that they've been setting up. Well, and there's, like, two ways, like, you could even save this joke, I feel. For example, if they would have even hinted earlier that the damage to Ray made her a bit off, and she was saying weird things, then the Snapping Turtle joke works. But I yeah. think, because they had the Cowboy joke with the Rock and her joke with the Snapping Turtle, I, I think that just, you're doubling up jokes here when it doesn't work. I think only one of them should have been the joke, and whoever the joke was should have been the end of the uh, match, right? Yeah, exactly. Having Kaoru's rock joke right there, with everyone else also being ridiculous, just to be followed up by another joke, doesn't really work. It should have been the tail end, or, you know, the 
actual end of the volume or chapter. Yeah, and that's another part of like why this doesn't work because they have, uh, fucking oh god, Oscar beats Shinji, and so Oscar moves on to the next round, and they have the match with Karu, and then Misato declares Karu the winner because Rug beats Scissors. But Asuka's is still the one that moves on to the next round, and then they have her up against Rey, and uh, she gets mad, and Rey actually gets disqualified for her choices. And then after this, they have one of those narrator text bars where they're like, it was eventually decided that Kara was eliminated, uh, for or was disqualified, and so Asuka won. And it's like, every action you took after the fight between Asuka and Kara indicated that Asuka already was the winner, so why are you going back later to, like, declare Asuka the winner when she wouldn't have been the one to move on to face off against Rey if she wasn't the winner in the first place? Yeah. And the like, thing is, that's, this isn't even the end of the chapter as well. It keeps going. Yeah, next up they go into uh, Misato is dumb and is putting the children in a situation that will 100% kill them because people like video games because they're dangerous. And then, uh, fucking, uh, Kaji continues being stupid and says, Real life's a lot like video games, except there's no saving and loading, and sometimes you just gotta level up and keep grinding to gain experience. And it's just like, cool. Doesn't mean we should kill ourselves. Yeah, and then we jump to later in the night, and both Kaji and Misato are just drunk out of their minds and unconscious. Yeah, and then uh, the four children go to sleep in a tent, and this is where we get to the point that I I felt, and I'm assuming this is also the point you were referencing earlier, where the Gendo shit gets uh, much further, where Shinji and uh, Asuka are incapable of sleeping in the tent. Yeah. So um, they hear a sound out in the woods, and they're like, what, is that a bear? And then uh, Asuka says, oh, maybe it's not a bear, maybe it's your dad instead. And she's like, oh, come on, it wouldn't be my dad. Uh, also, it can't be a bear, because we put all our food up in a tree to keep it safe. And then cut to the woods, and it's just Gendo standing in the woods chasing after them. And uh, the text bar of, we decided to put Ray up in a tree uh, to keep her safe as well. It's just like, now you have Gendo, an adult man, stalking a child through the woods... Like, it's just too fucking far, man. It's not yeah. a funny joke at this point. Anyways, next volume. Unit 1's fat because it keeps eating the entry plugs instead of allowing them to be inserted into it. Which I feel like, in if they would have had the series set up better up to this point, also could have been a funny joke. Yeah. It's... I feel like it would have worked better if they didn't have everyone constantly acknowledging, except for uh, Ritsuko and Misato, that the entry plugs are stupid and why do they keep looking like food. Like, if everyone just, like, agreed this kind of makes sense, uh, sure. Like, yes, that would have been ridiculous, but if everyone went along with it and then it got revealed and everyone simultaneously had the moment of, oh, this is why we shouldn't shape it like food, that could have been a funny moment. But the fact that it's just... Uh, Person who's supposed to be smart has terrible idea. Everyone explains. That's a terrible idea. Person who's supposed to be smart ignores them. Turns out it was a terrible idea. Like, that's... I guess that's what we call a plot in this series. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, the challenge of this one is they're trying to figure a way to get the entry plug into the Ava without the Ava eating the pilot. Yep. And so... They mentioned that it's been chugging down the sushi without any wasabi or soy sauce, and like, what if we put some wasabi in there? Then it'll be too spicy. It won't want it. They're like, ah, but we don't know if that'll work. And also, they were talking about, like, hiding wasabi under the fish, which, from my point of view, it doesn't know the wasabi's there, so it's yeah. still going to eat them. And it doesn't help if it eats the pilot and then realizes it didn't want to eat the pilot. Um, and then they also say, what if we just, like, soak it in soy sauce? And I don't know, man. It's None of those plans work. Uh, Ritsuko does have uh, a moment that did give me a bit of a chuckle, where they're talking about how dangerous this is and coming up with suggestions. And fucking Ritsuko's response is, I'm a scientist who smokes in front of children. Exactly what makes you think I give a rat's ass about anything you say? Which is probably the closest we've gotten to real Ritsuko in this whole series. Yeah, that's probably the most accurate Ritsuko. 
Anyways, the result they end up landing on is still having it be food-shaped, but slightly different food-shaped. Yeah. So, uh, cocktail wieners stuffed with rice. Yeah. I'm really glad this is an experience we all get to have together. Uh, I don't understand... Like, no, I'm, I'm done giving this the energy it doesn't fucking deserve. <laughs> Uh, good news for you, though. Uh, we got the Valentine's chapter next. Well, uh, to be fair, we got the Valentine's Day chapter, but we didn't end up getting a White Day chapter, so I'm still fucking waiting for that, I guess. That's um, so, uh, Karu, uh shows up wearing sunglasses and a headband because he wants to look cool the day before Valentine's Day, so when people come in the next day on oh, Valentine's it's, uh, Day... it's, Toji, not Cavern. Oh, yeah, sorry, Toji, Toji. Um, so that when people come in for Valentine's Day the next day, they'll be more likely to give him chocolate, because they'll have seen how cool he was. Um, uh, Kaji shows up and uh, sees this happening and decides to tell the story about the first time he got candy from a girl, and it's just uh, right up to the line sexual story. Uh, and um, I, I don't like how he talks to middle schoolers. There, that's, that's it. Um... And then uh, Kaoru's impressing the girls by eating potato chips with his straw. Yeah, showing that as long as he crushes them up small enough, he can suck uh, potato chips through a straw. Uh, meanwhile, Misato... Chindi is just, like, trying to play the video games that he's required to play, but doesn't seem to get any enjoyment from playing. And meanwhile, Misato is uh, just harassing him for the fact that nobody loves him. Um, and is explaining how... Oh, don't worry, you're probably not getting much, but I'm sure at least Asuka will get you something, and Asuka's like, nope, uh, maybe Ray will get you something? Nope. Oh my god, you have nobody who cares about you. Like, Misato, what the fuck? Honestly. What? It's what author bad. thought writing this was a humorous joke? It's kind I'm of not bad saying... that the further we get into this, the more grounded Shinji and Asuka feel, given what we saw in Volume 1 about these characters. Yeah. Like... I, I'm not saying this is like, oh, too far, or a line that shouldn't be crossed with a joke. I'm just saying this isn't a fucking joke, and it's weird that, like, someone thought, you know, it would be a really funny thing to do for a chapter? Have Misato be incredibly annoying. It'd be a huge twist from all the other chapters where Misato is incredibly annoying. You're right, we gotta go back and change everything. You know that, uh... Very opening to the first volume where we said, the one thing kids want to do is play video games, so we're going to make kids play video games, and it's super serious and important that they play video games so that they can learn how to fight an angel, and then uh, we'll uh, like position this uh, into a way to kill angels, and yet the entire series so far has either been uh, students begrudgingly playing games that they're being forced to play, or it's students trying to do the thing they're told and teachers doing their best to fuck with them and keep them from doing the thing that they're needed to do. Yeah. I know I said at the beginning a world with no uh, with no consistent rules or like ideas and it's just I can understand a wacky character whose behavior doesn't make sense to an outside reader. I cannot abide by a character who does stupid things for the sake of being wacky and random. It's it's the adult's idea of what a child is of, Ooh, I'm so silly, I'm so random, look at this, I'm taking a ball and I'm biting into it! Ah ha 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 ha! And then, like, expecting all the children to laugh their fucking asses out. Yeah. That's what this comes across as, is someone who doesn't understand children, but is trying to market directly towards them. Oh, I definitely see that. And even with this chapter, like, the payoff to the Shinji thing is the fact that Asuka does give him, like, some chocolate, and Misato makes fun of her being Sundere. And the misunderstanding that the box chocolate Ray has is for Shinji. And she's like, oh, it's mine. Gendo gave it to me? And that yeah. would you expect to be the punchline. But they're like, oh no, remember how we talked about Toji earlier? Well, he, he gets chocolate. And that's the end of the chapter. Like, the character wasn't even a big bulk of it. Uh, he was like, three pages in this chapter, and it's like, oh, he's the main story that we end on. Yeah, and the, like, the joke with Toji is that uh, he spent this whole chapter and a large portion of this volume trying to figure out how to get with women, and then they have the, like, 
joke at the end of, like, every time he talks about how to get with women, he's reminded at the end of, oh, right, I'm in a relationship with the class representative. How do I keep forgetting this every time I'm curious about how to get with women? And that's what the chocolate form at the end is. is yeah. He spent all this time trying to look impressive to women so he could get Valentine's Day chocolate. And then just happens to remember at the end, oh, right, I'm in a relationship already. And it's just... It's the side story was the main focus for some reason. Yeah. Anyways, angels attack. Yep. Uh, they have to attack. Uh, Shinji is now in like a uh, tank top of a plug suit and shorts, and uh, Misato and Ritsuko get upset that he doesn't draw attention to it and just pretends that it's a plug suit. Yeah, 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 I have no questions. You don't even have any questions about what you've been given to wear? No, I'm wearing a perfectly normal uh, plug suit. I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, oh, come on! And at this point, it's becoming clear that the adults in this universe are explicitly just bullying Shinji. Yeah. Uh, and that's the joke, I guess. Like, they very easily could make him an actual... Like, in the first one, I'll admit it was kind of humorous to me that uh, everyone else was given a real plug suit and he wasn't. And, like, it wasn't really acknowledged by the adults a huge amount. But this time when they give him a fake plug suit and get all upset that he doesn't complain that it's not a real plug suit, it's like, alright, this is taking the joke from the first time and uh, flipping it 180, which, oh, well, sometimes is funny. But in this case, they took the joke and flipped it completely around to the point where it's not a joke anymore. It's just... Uh, They're all fucking with them. That... Yeah, it's that uh, situation from if you're, you've are you ever been a child and you went to a family reunion and uh, your parents thought it'd be fun to tell embarrassing stories about you to all your family. Uh, that's that's the joke. It's just adults are trying to make you feel ashamed and embarrassed, and you do. Except he's doing his best not to acknowledge it. Like, they are getting off on his embarrassment, and he's refusing to give them to it, and now they're mad at him for not being embarrassed. Yeah. I don't... This series... I... am getting mad at the creators of this series. Like, I, I try my best to see the positive in uh, every, like, form of media I consume, because I know for every book, every movie, every... A TV show, every song, even if it just seems silly or isn't very good, you know that someone out there gave their heart and soul to it to make it what it is. And uh, I try to like find the good in series and shit like that, and content that I consume, if I'm going to put it that way. But this, I don't... I don't feel like they sincerely tried to make something good. I feel like they objectively tried to make something so ridiculous that they just stopped caring about whether it was good and just thought it would be so random to do X, and that's so that's what they did. Yeah, this definitely seems like absurdity and randomness was the goal. Yeah. Anyways, they fight the Ava. They yeah, still can't uh, get through the AT zero field. and Unit One that are specifically yeah. okay. Uh. So, uh, they still can't get to the A2 field. Uh, Shinji has a new fire breath attack, except his fire breath attack is just him, uh, puking onto the A2 field. Uh, that obviously does nothing. And then he almost dies. And then they realize, oh, wait, if the A2 field, uh, is blocking him, we've done tests and we are 100% certain it's a directional A2 field. So you attack from the front, Ray will sneak around behind it and attack from the back. Oh, whoops, turns out the AT field also works from the back. I don't know, should you dig under it and attack from below? What? That works? What? Crazy. How did I... I mean, yeah, of course it works. We always knew it would work. Yeah, and then, uh, and then Asuka's like, oh, Ka you must have another suit. Send me out. And then Kara's like, no, I'll go do it. And Ritsuko's like, it's, what, 6% finished or something like that? And 2%. Asuka, it is 2% complete. Know, Asuka, being the most logical person in the series up to date, realizes that Ritsuko is fucked with math. And the 35% Ava was fully complete, and the 65% one was just a shoe. So this one must be the most powerful Ava made to, to date. It's probably like two complete Avas duct taped together for it to yeah. be 2%. Which, uh, I would say this joke is actually a decent one, considering yeah. it only works because the rest of the series was stupid up to this point. Yeah. Because the payoff is that it's just, like, the femur of an Ava. 
I, I think it's the Ulna specifically. Um, and so, uh... Coward gets sent out but, in it and crashes it into the AT field. Crashes it into the AT field, dies a horrific death. Shinji has a flashback to all those times they spent on the moon, uh, and uh, thus screams out in pain and fear, only to see that Coward's riding in the mouth of a pelican above. Yeah, he got out. Yep. Uh, anyways, uh, him crashing the bone into the AT field, cracked it, so uh, they were able to kill the angel. The ends of that chapter. There's still more chapters. Do you think this series could possibly, if we had to throw it into the timeline somewhere, is just Kara having a fucking fever dream on the moon? Yeah, I, th if this is any timeline, this is uh, Kara tweaked the variables a bit too much, and so human life doesn't exist. And so, uh, without a Shinji to try and make happy, Kara loses his fucking mind and tries to, like, tell a story to himself about how he's making Shinji happy, and this is the story he tells himself. Or, it's his first time tweaking the variables in the timeline, and he royally fucked up. Yeah. Well, anyways, they're at dinner, and uh, Misato keeps cheering with people, but she cheers very violently and destroys the glass they're holding. Then um, disrespects all the technicians. Yeah. Uh, because they completed their mission, so she doesn't need the text anymore. Uh, th this chapter, I feel, had only one good joke, and that was when Fyutsuki said he had to go wash his hands, and as a callback to the first one, Gendo immediately crushes fucking pills into his drink. Yeah. Uh, and this is obviously to make sure Gendo, or Fyutsuki passes the fuck out so they can leave the bill with him. Yeah. Um, but then we, uh, cut to a little bit later, uh, both of them are passed out, and there's just a speech bubble pointing at Gendo that says, Just old? Yeah. As in, he wasn't drugged to pass out, he just fucking is old and tired. Which, again, if this wasn't uh, a murderous, creepy Gendo, could have been a funny joke. Yep. Because this man is likely just to kill somebody again. Yep. And, uh, this last chapter, or... Well, not the last chapter, the next chapter, I am not sure what happened in it. It's just them playing fucking video games. Which you would yeah, think uh, like Veggie Templar is like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, Kaji comes in as like, seeing as how you all are such expert video game players, we're gonna give a hand at video game design. And their hand at video game design was just playing a, a shitty video game that uh, Gendo made. Uh, and then everything that happened other, after that, I don't understand. Yeah. Oh, we, I, we, actually, I do understand one thing. Uh, which is at the very end, after the game's over, and the chapter's ending, we get a single full-page panel of Veggie Templar and Cathar Concarne merged into a master, and then the chapter's just somewhere else. Yeah. And then the chapter after this one is the Domino chapter. Okay, so... This one broke me. This one, I, <laughs> this, I read this it, and point. I... Alright, I'll be honest. I was broken before this, but, like, you know how if you... Uh, how do I put this? Let's say you build a large structure out of Lego, and then you accidentally drop it down the stairs, and it shatters back into its original Lego pieces. That's the kind of broken I was up until this point. This chapter took all those individual Lego pieces and threw them into a trash compactor so that each individual piece was also broken. So I already thought I was as broken as I could be. This chapter broke me even fucking more. That's fair. Um, which is, uh, they have to... Sorry, so once again, to start off, to tell you where I'm at emotionally, we have the situation of adults assign a task to children. Play with dominoes. Children don't want to play with dominoes. Children are forced to play with dominoes. The moment the children accept that this is a situation they're forced into and start playing along, adults start fucking with them and trying to keep them from doing it and fucking with everything they're doing. And then, uh, ultimately what ends up happening is a uh, giant domino's gonna fall onto Ray. I don't even know what these dominoes are made out of, so I don't know if it's gonna hurt her or if it's a styrofoam, but Shinji jumps at it with such force that he helicopters the domino, sending himself into the air. Uh, uh almost, almost. That, that does happen, but you forget, it wasn't just enough force to helicopter the domino, 
and send them into the air. It was about forced to helicopter the Domino, sending them into the air, and then create a cyclone, which picked up every one of the smaller Dominoes that were on the ground, and launched them directly into the eyes of everyone who was wearing glasses inside the room. I'm gonna call this a Dominado. Alright, so thanks for listening to our podcast. It's over now. The end. next chapter is the fallout of uh, what we saw in that last one. And Ray got injured, uh, and apparently uh, Gendo's been cursing Shinji for this. Uh, Gendo uh, currently wearing bandages over his eyes because he's been uh, permanently blinded by the Domos to the eyes through his glasses. Yeah. And then the joke of this chapter is that Cow was also in the hospital, but then we find out that he wasn't injured in the Domino incident. He tried to drink a miso soup through his straw and burnt his throat and can no longer talk. Which is probably for the best. But then he talks at the end anyways. And then the final chapter of this volume. Uh, so, uh, Mizato uh, doesn't get tickets tickets to a concert. Or sorry, to a magic show. Oh, so much worse than just not getting tickets to a concert. Yeah. Can you imagine wanting to go to a magic show and then being told you're not allowed? I'd How be, depressing I'd be, of a situation that is. I mean, I'd be devastated. Magic's great. Yeah. Uh, so she falls and breaks her legs. Uh, they splint her legs, um, and then she tells them to uh, clean up the classroom now that her legs have been uh, splinted. And they're like, no. And so she spins in a circle, and they're like, all right, let's splint up her arms. And then they clean up the classroom. Um, and while they're cleaning up, Karu is holding onto a dandelion and uh, blowing all the seeds onto the ground. And everyone's like, yo, Karu, what the fuck? We're cleaning in here. And he's like, actually... I just want these seeds to go with all the other seeds that are on the ground. Uh, and they're like, what's that about? And Ray's like, oh, I put them there. And uh, I thought they'd eventually sprout. And Shinji's like, uh, there's no soil in this room. They would never sprout. And Asuka's like, even if they did, what were you hoping to happen? Were you going to grow a garden in the classroom? And Ray's like, yep, but apparently there's no soil. And then- That's the joke. And that's not even the punchline, because the punchline, much like every other chapter, is an unrelated thing where they find out Gendo had a travel blog back to 1995. And that's the end of the chapter and the volume. Yep. Anyways, uh, the volume ends with the words, Oh yeah, see you in volume 3, baby. But I have something unfortunate to reveal to the fans of this podcast who are also happy to be fans of the Pico Pico Middle Park Schoolers uh, gaming uh, Evangelion storyline. Turbo edition. Turbo. Uh, and that's... Uh, we're not talking about it on this fucking podcast. Not anytime soon, and not ever. Uh, because... Dark Horse this... stopped translating it. Yeah, they translated the first two volumes, and then just... So, the three remaining volumes, three, four, and five, uh, don't exist in English, as far as we can tell, in any way, shape, or form. So we will not be we're continuing not... this series. <laughs> the end. As far as uh, we're concerned, that is where it ends. Is They find out Gendo has a travel blog, and that's the end of the story. And they realize the world shouldn't exist anymore, and it just gets destroyed. Yeah. Cameron's Ka- uh, like, this has gone too far. I'm resetting this manually. Yeah, I'm manually resetting this. And then he just kills everyone. Uh, which is good. Because uh, that timeline, I agree with Cameron, shouldn't exist. <laughs> but yeah, uh, overall, I, I think we, we've been very clear about this is not really a good series. It's all just chaos, and it seems like the jokes are just done in the wrong way for what the characters are. Yeah, like, we agreed in the first volume there was a couple pretty good jokes. Uh, not a couple, but there was, like, two or three. Uh, no, I think there was only the one joke that we agreed actually worked in that volume on its own, and that was the fuck joke. Yeah, it wasn't... And then there was... The punchline wasn't, hey, you know the original? Well, this is different. Yeah. There was a couple jokes that were, hey, you know the original, this is different. And then there was some times, I think we both agreed, that there were moments where the joke had the potential to be a really funny joke, but the way they did it didn't work. Yeah, I think there's quite a bit of that through the series, where, like, I can see if this was done in any other way, in any other series, it would have been a funny joke. Yeah, and I agree. The same thing happens in Volume 2. There's a whole bunch of moments where, like, there are jokes that I didn't laugh at, but I could see if they were done differently, 
have the potential to be very funny jokes. We just didn't get very funny jokes. We got this fucking nonsense. Yeah. Um. I feel like that is true of the entire series. It's just handled differently. It had the potential to be great, but what we got was, I think, made very clear by my comments over the entire thing. Not just bad, but exhaustingly so. Yeah, um, I fully agree with that. Like, I kind of like... just want to take a nap after recording this, even though this is pretty much the first real thing I've done today, is read that volume and then record this podcast. Yeah, and, and even from the point of view, like, I, I clearly laughed at a few more things than you did through this, but even I, like, it's not a good series. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, um, 7 out of 10. <laughs> That's higher than I expected. Uh, sorry. 0.7 out of 10. I uh, stumbled over my words there. It's slightly less than a 1 out of 10. Uh, Ritzko Mathematics. Yes, of course. I understand how percentages work. Much like Ritzko. Yeah. Uh, so with that, let's wrap up this episode then. Uh, so as always, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us by sending an email at whatismypodcastabout at gmail.com. We also upload these episodes of that podcast every Wednesday at all podcasting platforms, as well as YouTube. Like, favorite, subscribe, tell a friend. Word of mouth is definitely the best way for passing the podcast around. On top of that, we also have the Instagram page, Fairway Evangelion. We update the series facts as we go along throughout the week to about the same spot we are, so you don't have to worry about spoilers if you're following along while listening. And, as always, Peter, what can we expect on the next episode of Fairway Evangelion? Uh, we can expect one of two things on the next episode of Fairway Evangelion. We can either expect something significantly better than Pico Pico Middle School story whatever nonsense, or we can expect there to be no more episodes of Farewell Even Yet. Also okay. plenty of fan service. Is it fan service or failed service? Both. I said fan service, but now that I think about it, failed service is... Well.